0: Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Roland. Titans fans, I hope you guys are on the edge of your seat because today we will continue our free agency preview series with, you guessed it, edge rushers. This is the obvious number one need for the Tennessee Titans coming out of the 2009 regular season, which saw them really struggle to get pressure on the quarterback by just rushing their four down linemen. So the Titans clearly need help at the edge rusher position. Somebody opposite of Harold Landry to terrorize quarterbacks and allow them to drop all seven of their back-end players into coverage. It's just another step that this team has to take if they hope to get to a Super Bowl and eventually win one as well. So today, we are going to talk about those edge rushers. And as we have been doing, I'm going to give you guys the top-tier Options first. And this time, the Titans do need to consider some of these top tier options. These are guys that the Titans will have to keep their eye on. And I would expect that they would dive into this pool of top tier guys at some point in time and target one of them with some of that salary cap money that'll be left over after they take care of their own in house free agents. And after we talk about that top tier group, we're going to go into a secondary group of guys. And I have two different segments. Of guys, two different groups of guys within that second segment that I want to talk about. So I will get to that with you guys and then we will wrap up the show at some point in time. uh, I know you guys don't come here for my medical takes and things like that, but we will just talk about the impact that coronavirus has had on the sports world and the NFL in particular. Obviously, this is an NFL show. I'm going to keep things related. To the Titans, of course, but with all the news out there and how things are moving so quickly, it would be quite frankly negligent for me to completely ignore it as a situation. And since it is starting to make an impact on the NFL, we will talk about that and some potential ramifications that we could see here in the coming months if if things aren't resolved at a quicker rate than they are right now. So we got a lot to talk about. Like I said, the edge rushing position is the most important need for this Titans team coming out of 2019. So we got to dive into all of these names and break it all down. Let's get it. The Titans and general manager John Robinson have a very difficult situation ahead of them. First, they have to re-sign all of their in-house free agents that they need to bring back. And that'll take up a good chunk of money when you have someone like Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry on the open market that you're looking to bring back. Also, the Titans will have to look to restructure certain contracts or cut certain players to open up as much room as possible with the high-priced free agents that are in-house at this moment in time that they're looking to bring back. But also, they will need as much cap room as they can get because the Titans have to address the edge rusher position in free agency this year. Last year, the Titans were able to get pressure on the quarterback, but to do so, they had to go to complex fronts. They had to try to disguise their coverages, disguise where their blitzes are coming from, bring blitzes quite frequently as well because the Titans' front four pass rushers weren't able to get pressure On their own. Harold Landry had a great start to the season, but tailed off at the end. Drell Casey started showing his age. And other than that, the Titans don't really have a consistent threat in the pass rush. While veteran Cam Wake was signed to fill that role, he wasn't able to be healthy enough throughout the year to actually produce and was eventually. Put on IR. So the Titans need to find someone who can consistently produce opposite of Harold Landry so that they have more freedom in the back end to play different coverages, to do different things, so that they can rely on their front four pass rushers, just the front four, to get the job done. And at the end of the day, Playing football, your front four edge rushers are going to have to be able to get consistent pressure on the quarterback if you hope to win at the highest level, which is exactly what the Titans are trying to do. So I would not be shocked whatsoever to see them go after one of these top targets on the market and some of the names that you're hearing as some of the biggest prize free agents could end up being franchise tagged by their current team but you don't know with the CBA up in discussion right now whether or not they will be so let's take a look at some of the top names at the position what they've done and who could be an option for the Titans first the number one choice I have is Jadavian Clowney and it's no surprise and it's no secret that he is who I think the Titans should really take a look at due to the connection in Houston with Mike Vrabel. Clowney's only 27 years old. He has had injury concerns throughout his career, but he has had 32 sacks, 236 tackles, 9 forced fumbles. As I mentioned with the injuries, he has only played 75 of a possible 96 games in his career, so that is a concern. He did only have 3 sacks last year with Seattle as well, so not the most productive year, but everyone is aware of Jadavian Clowney's talent as a former number one overall pick. Right now, Spot Track has him projected at about a $20 million salary. That's something that sounds very high when the Titans have so much on their plate, but they need that edge rusher production so bad and someone like Clowney clearly has the talent if they're able to stay healthy someone like Yannick Ngakwe from the Jaguars is only 25 years old and has been more productive in less seasons than someone like Clowney he has 38 sacks in his career 122 tackles 15 forced fumbles is one of the best in the league at getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands, has played in sixty-three of a possible sixty-four games and was productive last year as well with eight sacks. Right now his salary projection is about 17 to 18 million, despite the fact that he most likely will be tagged by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shaquille Barrett from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27. Now he only had 14 sacks in his first four seasons and then exploded last year in Tampa Bay with 19 and a half sacks. You have to be wary of someone exploding like that in a contract year, but Tampa Bay is expected to franchise tag Barrett if not he's looking at about 15 to 16 million dollars on the open market and would be an option for the Titans some other options they could look at would be a tad bit cheaper Bud Dupree he is expected to be franchise tagged by the Steelers but 11 and a half sacks last year hadn't had more than six previously in his career but at 27 he has incredible potential Matthew Judon also 27 from the Baltimore Ravens looking at about 16 million dollars on the open market, has 29 sacks in his career, but has been a role player who sat behind quite a bit of talented edge rushers. He had nine and a half sacks last year when finally given an ability to play quite a bit, so Judon is an option. Robert Quinn from the Cowboys had a few injury riddled years in the middle of his career, but bounced back the last two seasons and had an 11.5 sack year last year. So he's looking at about $12 million in free agency and could be right in the sweet spot for the Titans in terms of salary and production. Marcus Golden from the Giants is only 28 years old and Dante Fowler Jr. of the Rams is only 26 years old. Both of them had double digit sacks last year and have had down points in their career. Fowler, due to some Locker room concerns. He's had some issues with teammates in the past. Golden had an ACL tear in 2017 and didn't rebound very well in 2018, but was able to come back and make a big impression. Both of those guys are looking at about 13 and a half to 15 million dollars. And those are the top tier options that the Titans really could focus on to help fix this edge rusher position and put someone talented opposite. Of Harold Landry, but if the Titans decide that all of these options being 12 to 22 million dollars are just too rich for their taste due to all the money that they're going to spend on their own free agents, then they may dip into that second tier of edge rushers and maybe just look to get another veteran role player. Maybe look at one of the younger guys who hasn't really worked out with their original team. They could go a couple of different routes if they decide to go bargain shopping at the edge rusher position, which I wouldn't recommend. I think this team needs somebody that can be explosive, that they can really rely on, that is a veteran who can produce and while these guys are veterans none of them are giving me the top tier talent that I think this Titans team really needs opposite of Harold Landry so if the Titans do do that though we need to know who they may look at and decide who would be the best fit out of that group so we are going to look at that second tier of pass rushers next and talk about the two different groups within that second tier that we can break these guys up into. This is the second tier group of pure edge rushers, but like I mentioned at the top of the show, I have it broken up into two different kinds of guys because putting all of these players' names in the same group just didn't feel right to me. There's definitely a difference here of what kind of route the Titans could look to go. In my opinion, if the Titans don't dip into that top tier of free agency that we just talked about, then they need to go with one specific group here over another but first I want to talk about some of the guys who are in the younger range coming off their first contract coming off their first team who have showed some potential but not enough to get re-signed by their current ball club you look at a guy like Jordan Jenkins from the Jets a mid-round pick that wasn't really asked to be a starter at any moment in time but his last two seasons He put up a 7-sack season, he put up an 8-sack season last year, he's only 25 years old. So you could get a guy like that who maybe didn't completely blow up during his first contract, but has shown flashes of talent, and you can mold that person into a top-tier edge rusher. Like I said, he's only 25, so you gotta give somebody like that who has put up 15 sacks in his last two seasons combined of course you got to give that kind of guy a look and he'll definitely be cheaper than the 12 to 22 million dollar range of that first group probably be you know eight million dollars between five and eight million dollars somewhere in there that's where a lot of these names both groups of the second tier are going to end up being so could make sense for the titans to go that route another guy in that vein is vic beasley played most of his career all of his career actually with the Atlanta Falcons 27 years old he's had 38 sacks in his career had eight sacks last season looking like his projected salary is right around seven million dollars Vic Beasley isn't known as the hardest worker he doesn't give you a lot in run defense but he has shown signs of being a very talented edge rusher and maybe after flaming out in Atlanta it could get his head on straight about how you got to work to be in the NFL and could end up being a different player like we talked about Shaquille Barrett In our first segment, during his time in Denver, he only had 14 sacks total in four seasons. Then he goes to Tampa Bay, gets to 19.5, and and is about to get franchise tags. So maybe something like that would happen with Vic Beasley. You look at a Kyler Fackrell from the Packers. Now, Fackrell has done his best work in run defense, only one sack last season. He's more of a rotation player, but he's still young at only 28 years old. The Titans organization clearly has their eyes on Green Bay's roster. Maybe the titans will find some interest there not a very high candidate on my personal list of guys I would want them to go after but it wouldn't make sense for me to talk about these you know younger options without mentioning Fackerel in there another guy Aaron Lynch played for the Bears has played for San Francisco 27, had two sacks last year as kind of a rotational pass rusher. Lynch has had issues in the locker room and off the field, so I don't really think he's a fit for the Titans as well. And then another guy coming out of his rookie contract from Buffalo, he's only 25 years old. Shaq Lawson has 17 sacks in his four seasons in the NFL. Six and a half of those came last year though, and he's right there in that Vic Beasley range of salary, $7 million. Anytime you have a guy like like a Vic Beasley, like a Shaq Lawson, who was a former first-round pick and has shown some flashes, they're going to get a little bit more than you would expect based on their production because there are coaches out there in the NFL who are like, hey, if I get that guy under my wing, I'm going to turn him into what people thought he was going to be when he was drafted in the first round. And maybe Shane Bowen, who's a pretty decent outside linebacker coach, could be able to get some more out of a guy like that. And they have a little bit higher of a ceiling a little bit more potential than the next group of guys I'm going to mention. So the Titans could look to this group of younger options and think maybe we could turn one of these guys in into more of a stud to actually be a, a difference maker on the edge you're going to jump into that second group of the second group now. And I just called them the old guys. These are just vets. They just get the job done. They have a ton of experience. This is the exact route. And this was my hesitation. To break off into a, a quick soliloquy here... The reason that I'm so adamant about the Titans spending money on one of those top-tier edge rushers in that first group in the first segment is because the Titans went this route last year that I'm about to go over the options. They went with an old veteran who's still productive with a ton of experience in Cameron Wake. And right now, Cameron Wake is set to make over $8 million. The Titans are probably going to cut Cameron Wake. They could restructure his deal, and then he would— you know, instead of going after one of these guys I'm about to name, they could just keep Cam Wake around on a restructured deal, but they absolutely cannot pay him $8 million. I'd rather have a Vic Beasley or a Shaq Lawson than a Cam Wake just because of the potential involved if you're going to be paying that price tag. If they can get Cam Wake down into the 4 or $5 million range on a, on a salary cap restructure, then you 100% would take that. I might bring Cam Wake back anyway and still target a top-tier pass rusher. You can never have too much pass rush. And when you got to go up against guys like Lamar Jackson, you got to go up against guys like Patrick Mahomes. You need people who can get to the quarterback, and you need more than just four of them. Look at San Francisco and what they were able to do by using their pass rush and dominating on defense. They had five different guys that were all high picks and all highly touted prospects on that defensive line, and you could say only four people are out there in sub packets, which is what I talk about all the time, but at the end of the day, having a rotation is what's key. If you remember when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, they had an insane seven, eight-man rotation on the defensive line, and they just constantly attacked the quarterback, and the Titans need to work to getting to that level. That's the end of the story, because even if they bring back Ryan Tannehill, even if they sign Tom Brady, quarterback X... It doesn't matter. The quarterback that they bring onto the team or bring back in Tannehill's case will not be an elite top five quarterback that can carry your team. And if you don't have that elite guy then all the other things on your team are going to have to be awesome, and that includes the pass rush. That's why you saw that with Philadelphia with Nick Foles. That's why you saw that with the Giants when they beat Tom Brady with Eli Manning, who was never truly elite. You see it littered throughout NFL history where if you don't have a super elite quarterback, you need to have an elite, deep pass rush. So the Titans got to work towards that. I digress, though. Sorry, just a a mini Rollins rant for you mid-segment. But looking at some of the older guys and some of the veteran options for the Titans— Everson Griffin 32 years old from the Minnesota Vikings has played his entire career in Minnesota and he really wants to work out a deal to stay in Minnesota but right now he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent he's had 75 sacks in his 10 seasons had eight sacks last year at the age of 31 so he's still productive and can still get it done Jabal Sheard had time with the Colts had time with the Browns as well nine seasons has had 53 sacks is 31 years old Terrell Suggs you guys know about Terrell Suggs. T. Sizzle here, 37 years old, still getting it done. Six and a half sacks last year, ended the season with the Kansas City Chiefs. 121 sacks in his 17-year career. Just a phenomenal player, and it looks like Suggs is looking to come back again. So I wouldn't expect the Titans to go there, but that is one of these older guys, older vets, that is an option. Ezekiel Ansah was drafted by the Lions, just recently played with the Seahawks, Has been devastated by injuries in the last few years. Has 51 career sacks, though only two and a half last season. But if he's able to get healthy this offseason and prove to a team that he's healthy, he could help the Titans as as a potential veteran rusher if they don't bring back Cam Wake. And then Mario Addison, 32 years old, from the Carolina Panthers. 55 sacks in his career. Had nine and a half sacks last year, he's had over eight sacks for a few years in a row now, so Addison is still getting it done. Now, he's not a starting defensive end. He's not a starting outside linebacker. He is a situational pass rusher, so in this scenario, if the Titans go after one of these older veteran guys that I'm mentioning in this group, it means they most likely went heavy and went early after an edge rusher in the draft and are just looking to have a a good veteran complement, which is what You know, we were hoping to see from Cam Wake last year, but unfortunately, uh, DeAndre Walker from Georgia got hurt early on and wasn't able to play throughout the season. And then the last name I want to mention here is Bruce Irvin, 33 years old. Uh, Clearly, he's had some off-field concerns from his time in Seattle where he was Suspended for the fight after the Super Bowl. He's had some fines, some suspensions, not really the type of guy that the Titans often bring in the locker room, but he's had 52 sacks in his career. Finally, for the first year in his career, last season with Carolina, he had eight and a half sacks, and that's because he was used as just a pass rusher. Early in Bruce Irvin's career, and even a few years ago, he was still being asked to be a, a hybrid linebacker that plays off the ball and pass rushes. And at this stage in his career, at being 33 years old, he He just needs to be a pass rusher. Focus on that, and he could help a team in that area. Like I said, the personality concerns are there with somebody like Irvin that don't really match what the Titans are doing, but you never know what they are looking to do or what names they are willing to bring in to try to help this pass rush that really needs it. So that kind of covers up all of the edge rushers that I want to discuss right now in this free agency preview. Guys, there are a ton of names that you can go find other guys who are going to be even cheaper, even more of a bargain. But at that point, I don't see much of a difference between Reggie Gilbert or bringing back Kamale Correa or... Looking at an edge rusher in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round in the draft, DeAndre Walker is going to come back from his injury. So if you go to anybody that's less talented than those guys that I mentioned today, well, then you're better off just kind of sticking with what we already know and bringing back people who we know fit in the system and know what's going on in Tennessee. So that's how I view the other options if you have other names who you know of or are thinking of. I just really like the options that I mentioned here today as realistic help. Anybody less than that isn't going to realistically help what the Titans are trying to do. So that is going to wrap up our free agency preview edition of the Edge Rushers. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to come back with you guys with just a quick conversation about the coronavirus and its impact on sport in general, and now its impact on the NFL and what could come next. Okay, guys, so first thing that I want to say is essentially a disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. I'm no doctor. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't want to even pretend like I have medical advice or medical expertise or any more knowledge than any of you guys have whatsoever about this situation. That's that's the number one thing that I want to stress here is I'm not giving advice. I'm not pretending like I know more than anybody knows because I don't. I'm, I'm just in the dark about a lot of the the issues here as you guys are. So when it comes to the coronavirus COVID-19, what like I said guys, don't pin me down to whatever you think I should be saying or calling it. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> That's just the things that people are calling it and the things I see. I know the official name is COVID-19 coronavirus whatever. We want to call it at the end of the day. We saw tonight the NBA postponed the rest of the season the ncaa with no fans in the stands for the ncaa tournament and at this point you have to think that that might get canceled some spring training games for baseball are not going on we had an nba player test positive for the virus himself and it could have affected uh, numerous amounts of Of other teams. And of course, at some moment in time, even though the NFL is in their offseason, it is going to have an impact on the NFL. And, And we got reports of that on Wednesday essentially there are some teams out there like the Pittsburgh Steelers for example the New Orleans Saints for example that are pulling some of their coaches off the road that are limiting the amount of flights that team personnel are taking they are adjusting their travel plans as it pertains to different pro days and things like that and it only leads you to worry about what could come next there are two major NFL events upcoming march 29th through april the 1st is the league meetings the spring meetings for the owners in west palm beach florida and then of course the draft in April from the 23rd to the 25th in Vegas right now as of Wednesday the NFL says that those are on schedule but who knows what happens in this situation from here and not even about sports the president had a speech on Wednesday night about how the country plans to adjust and I do not get into politics on this podcast I'm not going to talk about what was said there or how we should react or how you should feel to that but my point is that we don't know how this situation will escalate from here we don't know if things will get worse if things will get better if things will calm down within the next two weeks and some solutions will be found and things will go back a little bit to normal we don't know if it'll take months before something like this returns to normal or concerns are quelled or panic is is dropped so will this affect the NFL draft. We're already hearing some some lingering noise. At least I am online of the NFL looking at possibly canceling the NFL draft and and maybe doing it as a conference call between the teams, something like that. The number one thing here is the safety of everyone. That, first off, but I think it's okay. It's okay for you to admit the disappointment. I'm a big NBA fan. I've talked about how much I like the Lakers and how much I enjoy the sport of basketball on this podcast. It's incredibly disappointing in a big part of the season to have. My favorite thing, sports, live sports, basketball and football, kind of taken away. So I think that you're not a bad person, first off, for being disappointed that you're losing some of your entertainment. But you also have to keep in mind that it makes sense that these things are... Because we're seeing conferences. E3 is a huge video game conference, the biggest video game conference. And it was canceled. We're seeing concerts, events, conferences everything. I mean, it's to the point where certain schools are shutting down and there's the potential that schools will just shut down for the rest of the year. There's a lot up in the air right now. So you look at the draft, you look at these league meetings, what could take place with these? How will this affect teams ability to have a, a normal offseason season with everything going on with the CBA now COVID-19 and everything? Just a really strange time. In recent American history, and especially sports history, with the cancellations and things that are just unprecedented at this moment in time that we haven't seen at least in my lifetime. So very concerning. I hope everyone is is being safe and taking the precautions that you need. I know there's a lot of uncertainty at this time. I, I wouldn't advise to panic or you know raid your local grocery store or anything like that. But it's not my place I guess to tell people how to react and protect their families and things of that nature but I did just want to kind of say my say my piece or at least update you guys some of you guys who are maybe out of America out of the country dealing with it on your own as we've seen the country of Italy has been completely quarantined and there's actually a former Titan that is a part of that. Ex-Titans wide receiver Chris Durham also had time with the Lions, was a five-year NFL veteran. He's in Italy right now. And quarantine, he posted a video this morning of, you know, the, the scene in Italy with different military and government personnel wandering the streets and, you know, keeping him inside the hotel that he's in. So things are obviously to a very serious point, not just America, but globally. So ultimately, my hope is that you're taking the precautions that make you feel safe. Everyone stays as safe and healthy as they possibly can be. But I did want to at least talk about the impact that this has had on the sporting world and on the football world as well. So what impact... Will it have going forward? Obviously, I don't know. Like I've said, the disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health professional. I have no advice to give you. But it's important to to see these things and see what could be coming so that you know, we're ready for how this does impact our football team. And even in a, a bigger moment, this is bigger than sports and everything like that. It's my duty to keep you guys up to date as much as possible about how these things do relate to sports. So I felt it was only my responsibility and only logical for me to at least say something about the issue. If you're the type of person who goes through your your podcast and you don't want to hear about these things, which I was doing today because I make a podcast, but I've been listening to podcasts for 12 years now, I love podcasts, and that's part of the reason I love doing this is because I love this forum to be able to, to talk with you guys and interact with you guys, and I didn't want to hear about The coronavirus today. I actively avoided any podcast, sports podcast that talked about it. So I'm with that in mind, I'm going to end the conversation here. I don't want to, you know, I'm not a voice of reason or an expert whatsoever when it comes to the coronavirus, COVID 19, anything health related for that matter. Uh, But you know, like I said, I felt it was my responsibility to at least say something about the impact this has had on the sports world, and now we see on the NFL world as well. So, if there's any more impact or anything whatsoever on the Titans, on the NFL, I'll make sure to let you guys know. But from here, um, that's probably the the most that I'll have to say about this issue, hopefully, until things are in a better spot and things are resolved. So I just hope you guys stay safe with everything that's happened at the beginning of, of 2020. Um, it's been a, a rough year, a rough start to the year for a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of you guys listening to this show. So my, my thoughts are with you guys and my thoughts are with everyone, and hopefully we can all band together and uh, look back on this in a few months and think about you know just how crazy it really was. There for a moment in time, but I'm going to leave you guys there. And since you are done with this edition of Locked on Titans, make sure that you guys check out the Locked on NFL Draft podcast it's a, a really good one and obviously we're getting closer and closer to the nfl draft it's a, a great time to uh, to dig in as much as possible and of course we are going to start digging into some draft related content some positional reviews and things like that in the coming weeks but i will be back with you guys tomorrow of course as always i am your host tyler roland and this was locked on titans